Let me lead us in prayer. Dear Father, we thank you for this day and for the, the so many ways in which we can engage in what you are doing in the world. We pray now that as we think on your word together, this might prompt us to get involved. Uh, Father, we ask, please, that you would speak to our hearts this morning by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, speaking of all the content there is, all of the things there are to do, uh, don't you feel sometimes that your life is just one interruption after another? Sometimes I sit down at 9am in the morning uh, with an intention of doing this and that, and I've got a lovely day planned out. I have an interruption at 9.05, after which everything that was on the list for, to do that day is just completely out the window, and I may get back to it sort of sometime you know, late that evening or even the next day or even the next week. There are many, many interruptions in our lives, uh, but of course they're sent to us by God. And it's interesting to notice that even Jesus himself in his earthly life was faced with interruptions. We're picking up the story of John's Gospel uh, with Jesus in the midst of fruitful ministry. You might remember last week that Jesus had left Jerusalem to go across the Jordan River after yet another dispute with the leadership in Jerusalem. Uh, he'd gone to this place, some people think it's a place called Batania, John doesn't tell us exactly, but it was helpfully pointed out to us last week that it wasn't a retreat when Jesus went there. It was actually a spreading and a deepening of his ministry. He, he was going out to people who'd experienced the ministry of John the Baptist and they received him very well, much more warmly than he'd been received in Jerusalem. And so the final verse of chapter 10 simply says this, many believed in him there. Well, that's what we want, isn't it? Many believed. Do you know, I'd be very pleased if the summary of Andrew Schmidt's incumbency at Randwick was these two words, many believed. But there's an interruption to this fruitful ministry of Jesus. A friend of Jesus named Lazarus fell sick uh, and his sisters sent word to Jesus that they wanted him to come. The whole family, this family of, of Lazarus, Mary and Martha, are significant friends of Jesus and probably quite wealthy also. Uh, they're in a town called Bethany, which is not far from Jerusalem. Uh, and so I guess the initial question for Jesus is whether he will interrupt this fruitful ministry across the Jordan in order to answer this call for help. What is Jesus thinking? Well, a part of his reasoning is in verse 4 when he says this. When he, it says, when he heard of Lazarus's illness, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory. The old translation was, this is not a sickness unto death. And that's actually a little bit more accurate because it captured the sense of the original that the ultimate purpose of this illness in God's grand plan is not Lazarus's death, but rather it would be an occasion for the glory of God. It's not an occasion for despair, but for Jesus to show who he is 
and for people to be pointed to the salvation that is in him. And so Jesus gives his decision to the disciples in verse 7. He says, let us go back to Judea. And now it becomes a decision for Jesus' disciples. Will they come back with him? And here's where the disciples are just so human and so funny. This is the second point on my outline, all the reasons not to go. First of all, the disciples point out that it's dangerous. Verse 8, Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you're going back? The disciples are surprised at Jesus' willingness to go back. Uh, They're also thinking of their own skin because they are his followers after all. So if the people may uh, attempt to kill Jesus, they would be next in line. Uh, Jesus, though, uh, responds to them in verses 9 and 10. And this is one of those clever, multi-layered sayings of Jesus. I probably don't have time to go into all the layers. But at the surface level, it's, it's just a piece of common sense, isn't it? Jesus says to them, look, Aren't there 12 hours of daylight? If you walk in the day, you won't stumble. He is saying to his disciples, look, we're going to take care. Yes, there are enemies there. Yes, it's dangerous, but we'll take precautions. We're not going to let the enemies stop us from doing what we need to do. Jesus will not be deterred by the danger. And so then the disciples try something else. They, they start to question whether it's really necessary that they go. See, Jesus has been explaining, this is in verse 11, that Lazarus has fallen asleep. It's Jesus' way of breaking it to them gently that Lazarus has actually died. But the disciples didn't understand his figure of speech. And so they said to him in verse 12, Lord, if he's asleep... He'll get better. But don't you see what's going on in their hearts at this point? Yes, they'd misunderstood his figure of speech, but that's not really the point. The point is they are desperate not to go. He'll get better, Lord. He'll he'll be all right. We We don't need to go there into harm's way. I hope you can tell that I'm very entertained by this. And the reason is because it's just so human. This is what we are like. If someone is possibly in need of help, but if it's going to be dangerous or difficult for us to go there, we try hard to tell ourselves, oh, they'll be all right. I'll look, they'll figure it out. I wouldn't be much help there anyway. That's what we tell ourselves about the call to go onto the mission field, isn't it? They'll be okay. All those people out there who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, who've never heard of him. They're not really perishing, we say to ourselves. They're not really going to die in their sins and face an eternity without God. They'll, they'll be all right, we think to ourselves. But it isn't true. The truth is that those without Christ are without hope. They have no saviour and they're going to die in their sins. 
Do they need someone to tell them the gospel? Yes, they do. So on this Mission Sunday, we need to hear the challenge that mission really is necessary. As much as we might want to believe that those without Christ are going to be okay, it's not true. They need to hear the good news. And picking up the story again, this is where Jesus will now sort of shake his disciples out of their their willful misunderstanding of Lazarus' situation. Verse 14, Jesus says, it it told, sorry, it says in verse 14, he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Uh, and, And then Jesus said, for the second time, let us go to him. Thomas on this occasion was the one to encourage the rest of the disciples to to go back with Jesus, back into harm's way. Uh, He said there, well, let's all go. I personally feel that Thomas was a bit petulant when he added, so that we can all die. We're not quite seeing the wholehearted faith that Thomas will show at the end of chapter 20. He could have trusted a little bit more in Jesus' protection at this point rather than being so negative and thought, oh, we're we're all going to die there. But his actions were right. He was willing to follow Jesus into harm's way and he encouraged the rest of the disciples to do the same. Would you follow Jesus into harm's way? Have you? ever followed Jesus into harm's way? Will you follow Jesus into harm's way? Jesus' decision here to interrupt his fruitful ministry on the other side of the Jordan and go back to Judea reminds me a bit of the German Christian leader Dietrich Bonhoeffer and a decision that he made in July 1939. Uh, Germany was completely in the grip of the Nazis. They were no longer even pretending to tolerate genuine Christianity. Uh, Bonhoeffer was part of the Confessing Church, which was the Christians who refused to be involved with the Nazi-authorised church. And those Confessing Church people were being persecuted and crushed, along with the many worse things that were going on in Germany at that time. Bonhoeffer was in America. He was a very well-connected person and he had managed to get out of Germany and across to America to avoid being called up to military service. But after being there for only a few weeks, Bonhoeffer decided that he would go back to Germany. He didn't want to stay safe away from his brothers and sisters in Germany who needed him. And so just as the storm clouds of war were gathering, this is July 1939, Bonhoeffer returned to Germany. As you may know, he went on to participate in an attempt to kill Adolf Hitler. He was imprisoned. Uh, He was executed by the Nazis only a month before the Nazis surrendered and the war came to an end. 
Imagine if he had stayed in America back in July 1939. Uh, He certainly would not be the famous person that he is today. Not that he would have cared about fame. More importantly, though, the glory that he brought to his saviour, Jesus Christ, would, I think, have been much reduced. But, you know, Jesus' decision to return to Judea into harm's way reminds us of another decision which Jesus himself made, the decision which Jesus made to obey his Father's will and to leave his Father's throne above and to come down to earth from heaven to live among us, even though he knew full well that we would reject him and murder him. Jesus' decision to come down to us from heaven, well, that that is the great decision to go into harm's way for the sake of others. And if you know in your heart that it was for you that Jesus came down to earth from heaven into harm's way, then wouldn't you go into harm's way with Jesus? Not every decision to be an overseas missionary or an interstate missionary is a decision to go into harm's way. There are many missionary locations which are perfectly safe. But every missionary decision is a sacrifice. And it's one that is modelled on Jesus' sacrificial decision to come down to earth to be our saviour. I think that missionary service should be on the agenda for every Christian person until we're physically unable to go. Not every one of us will end up going. In fact, only a small minority will, at least in a formal sense. But everyone should think about missionary service. Because after all, if it's not us, who will go? Once you're unable to go, there is always the desire and the prayer that uh, your kids or grandkids, if you have children, or uh, your other nearest and dearest will we'll become servants of Jesus in this particular way. Uh, there's also the involvement that we can have in world mission from here in Randwick. I really like the slogan which CMS uses to set before us the ways that we can be involved in mission, uh, which I've, I've put there in my outline in, in the yellow sheet. It says, pray, care, give, go. That is, pick a missionary and pray diligently and informedly for their work. Uh, You could could pick up at least one of these cards about James and Charlie Boardman in Bathurst and put it on your fridge. And then you can go online and see their prayer points and you can be reminded to pray for them. Uh, BCA also produced this Real Australian publication. I'm really hoping that all these publications will go today because we receive so many of them uh, and uh, we should use them. Uh, praying for our missionaries is participation. And it's also sacrifice because prayer is difficult, isn't it? God loves to hear our prayers for mission. Second, care for your missionary. Write to them. Give them encouragement. Let them know that you have read their mission letter. Give. It costs money to send missionaries. Uh, frequently, the local churches or the organisations w- with which they work can't afford to support them, uh, and that's why agencies like CMS and BCA uh, support them financially. 
Uh, I want to suggest to you that it is a mark of Christian maturity that you would give to mission in a, in a meaningful way. Uh, as Philippa explained, we give a percentage of our offertories to mission partners. It adds up to about $15,000 a year. But I would certainly hope that between us, we'd be giving many times that amount from our own household budgets. And finally, go. If you're involved in world mission from afar, through praying and caring and giving, well, you never know what God might do in your life. You might just find uh, one day that you're the one who's going. Will you follow Jesus into harm's way? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that your son Jesus Christ came down to earth from heaven into harm's way for us. And we ask, Father, please, that this might make its mark on our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.